Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. The last part to the series was God in our what again? In our motives, exactly. Um, could y'all tell that we weren't done with motives? <laughs> Amen. All right, and so uh, today's message, if you're taking notes, you can title it this, Motive Check, okay? We have a motive check today. Somebody say motive check. Motive check. We're checking our motives, all right? Um, Let's go to Hebrews 4, verse number 12, okay? And we're going to be looking at some scripture today, so make sure you keep your Bibles handy. We're in church, so you know. Reading scripture makes sense, doesn't it? (laughs) If anywhere, it definitely makes sense up in here. Hebrews 4 and 12. Everybody go there with me. And we touched on this. It, It came up toward the end of the sermon last week. And it's talking about the word of God. It says, for the word of God is quick. This is the King James. And powerful. Okay. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, okay? I want to look at um, that same thing, but this time I want to look at it in the Amplified Version. That's Hebrews 4.12, Amplified. Okay? And it says here in the Amplified, for the word of God is living and active, and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Okay? I want to look at uh, Proverbs 16 and 2. We can stay here in the Amplified. That's Proverbs 16, verse number 2. Let's take a look at that. Make sure you're writing these down as well. Um, some of you have been letting me know that you've been going back actually during the week and getting into some of this stuff, and you've been tremendously blessed by it. So I would like to remind everybody Um, That when scripture is given, you know, then go ahead and use that to study throughout the week. It'll bless you and God will give you even more uh, clarity and different things regarding the scripture. So Proverbs 16 2 in the Amplified, it says this. It says, all the ways of man are clean and innocent in his own eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. In his own eyes. That blessed you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Y'all know how things can get in high, as far as I'm concerned. You know, as far as I see it. Some of us ain't seeing it far at all. Near-sided, far-sided, something-sided. But are we God-sided? All of the ways of a man are clean and innocent in his own eyes. And when we get blessed by the brackets, it says, and he may see nothing wrong with his actions. Anybody ever been there? 
You know, you know, uh, you know, I was talking a little bit last week about when you mature and when you get older. Have you ever matured and got older and you think about something that you were so strong? I mean, you you couldn't tell me different back then and now you're like, ooh, cringing. It makes you cringe. But I mean, you swore in that moment, nobody could have told you you would have ever thought differently, right? Well, that's proof. Y'all just had that convo? Uh-oh, we got confirmation over here, over here. That's it. This is the confirmation corner right here. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 this means the word is surely from God. And so you get older and you start cringing at what your heart was so set on once upon a time. Why is that? That's because your eyes changed. Your perspective changed. And you got to know that where you're seeing from is where you're seeing from. Yeah? Where you're seeing from is where you're seeing from. And when you move and when you elevate, especially spiritually, as far as spiritual maturation, when you move closer to God and adopting his will and his wisdom and his perspective, your sight is going to change. Back then, whoo, you were a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> but now, huh, Miss Alfreda, you walking by faith and not by sight. That's it. And so Proverbs 16, 2 in the Amplified, it exposes this truth. It says, all the ways of man are clean and innocent in his own eyes. And he may see nothing wrong with his actions, but, uh-oh, there's that word. That means that, listen, that, yeah, it's a conjunction that's introducing something completely new. The Lord, somebody say the Lord, weighs and examines the what? The what? The what? The motives and intents of the heart and knows the truth. All right, come on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's back it up, hold on. All right, uh-oh, uh-oh. Somebody shouting in the house. Wasn't a hoop, wasn't a... Did you hit anything over there? Or oh, it must be real good to her. But the Lord... I love when the word preaches itself. But the Lord weighs and examines the motives and intents, blessed by the brackets, of the heart, and guess what else? And knows the truth. Hallelujah. Motives. Motives. And so, if all my ways, wherever I am right now, just, just like, and what if I told you that just like back then, you had some stuff that you were stuck and hell-bent on that was wrong? What if I told you that five years from now, you'll be saying the same thing about some stuff right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so watch this. And so since all of my ways are clean and innocent, in my own eyes, and I may see nothing wrong with my actions, then that means I cannot possibly be the one who acts like I know my motive. Yeah. I think I know, but years have proven that I didn't know. How would they know? How would they know? They're going to know. How will they? Nobody's going to know. You don't know, but God knows. And so this is why even though you've come a mighty long, he's brought me from a mighty long way. It's first Sunday, right? I can spring it out. Even though he's brought me from a mighty long way, and even though I'm not where I used to be, and even 
know I'm not who I used to be. And even though I didn't got saved and started speaking with a little tongue and you can't tell me nothing. I used to be hung over every Sunday morning, but now I'm able to roll over and get on Facebook Live. You can't tell me God hasn't been good to me. Huh? Even though the Bible is not just something, you know, that's collecting dust in your life like it used to, and you've come a mighty long way. That wasn't supposed to be funny. That wasn't supposed to be funny. Y'all showing off in August. The point that I'm making is can't all of us agree to the fact that we've come a long way. And though that be true, I like to say period, space, we're still not at the place where we're able to weigh our motives. So I want you to take the scale out your hand because you think that you've arrived and graduated to a place now that you know better. But I want to remind you that his ways are still not your ways. And I want to remind you that his thoughts are still not your thoughts. And I want to come to remind you that no matter how far you've come, you still have a ways to go and you still must know that you have not arrived and you are not God and therefore, you cannot, cannot, somebody say cannot, be the weigher of your motive. Some of us, our motives are unclean, and we don't even know they're unclean. Why? Because they're cleaner than they used to be. Yeah. And so we've rested on a false relief and a false truth and a false hope that because my motive is no longer to get this, that, and the third, that all of a sudden it's pure. Yeah. No, 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 sir. No, sir. No, no, just because, but, 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 but y'all don't know my, remember y'all, my motive used to be. all right. Just because your motives have improved does not mean they're not impure. Amen? Yeah. And this is what I'm exposing because the enemy wants you to sit on that false hope and never ever adopt the motives of God because you are satisfied with the fact that your motives are better. God says, <laughs> I want to take, speaking of weighing, the scales from your eyes. Because unless your motives are mine, they're not good. Unless your motives are mine. If you haven't asked me, and if you haven't adopted my motives for your life or anything pertaining for your heart, if, if you have not adopted my motive, then as cleaned off and dusted off as they may feel and seem, they still are impure. You do know that you can do a good thing and it's not a God thing. We can no longer be satisfied with the fact that we used to do bad things and now we do good things. That's good, but is that God? How do we know? We don't, but God does. How do we find out? We ask the one who knows. 
Real simple, right? And so, repeat after me. This is our mantra for this message. Motives are weighed by the Lord. Come on, type that in the comments if you're watching. If you're in the room, let's say it again. Motives are weighed by the Lord. One more time. Motives are weighed by the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody know anything about a scale? Some of us don't have the best relationship with scales. <laughs> Amen. I need to get myself together. I got on another day and had to get off and say the devil's a lie. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> if anything like me, you take off anything. I'm talking rings and I might go get a haircut, try again tomorrow. <laughs> Anything that's going to add to that thing, we're going we to subtract. We go. <laughs> Did I say leave the... I meant take it down. I meant take it down. You back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it down. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's what the scripture says. Lay aside every weight. Cutting nails. <laughs> it's got to weigh something. All right, bring it on back. And so, just as with a scale, <laughs> the scale is the correct measurer of weight, okay, right? Weight is measured by the Lord. The Lord is the correct measurer of motives, okay? Anything else won't do, okay? I, 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 I can't just guess or, you know, have somebody else guess my weight. You know, we're not at the county fair. Uh, in, in, any other means of measurement won't do. Because why? It's not built for it. It's not designed for it. It's not created for it. Likewise, the Lord is the only accurate measure. Because you, I mean, you can, you, you can get a measure. But the Lord is the only accurate measure of your motives, okay? And so when you go to the Lord, you go to the motive scale. Further, listen to this, if you are seeking anything else as a measurer for your motives, including yourself, this means that you don't want the truth, okay? So let's be honest about that. Oh, guess what that means? That means even your prayer partner. Guess what that means? That means even your pastor. That means even, you know, the person who you consider a confidant. Even yourself. If you're going to any of us about the measure of your motives, you don't want the truth. Because we don't know. But God knows. Somebody say motives are weighed by the Lord. I'm here to tell you on today that motives are not weighed by the traditions of men. I'm here to tell you today that motives are, are not weighed by the traditions of culture. If culture says it's okay, it's okay, you know. Um, motives are not weighed by inspirational quotes, tweetable sayings. Motives are not weighed even by your best of days, motives are weighed by the Lord. Hallelujah. Motives are weighed by the Lord. We even have to be very, very careful, especially um, in this dispensation of time. And it's very good and it's very refreshing um, in terms of all the light that's being shed on mental health. 
but we have to be very, very careful because I'm starting to see some things that float around social media and things like that that sound really, really good, um, but they're uh, in contradiction to the word of God. And so we have to be very, very careful because a lot of times those messages are me-centered. And so what we have to do is we have to use those things as tools, not those things as the book, not those things as the absolute standard that we had. So we use, you know, the mental health, you know, all of, we use that as tools and we couple that with the word of God, okay? So make sure you know that that's not the standard, that's a tool, okay? Because I'm, I'm starting to see that more and more. I'm just scrolling social media and I see, you know, believers, you know, posting things that sound really, really good. They really do. And they might even can be used, but there's something missing. There's something missing a lot of times. I'm not anti any of that. I love it. But for the believer, you must know, even you must know that it has to line up with the word of God. What if I told you? that you cannot live by, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. No, not as, not as a believer, okay? You, you can take that, you can get with HS and see where you may be devoting yourselves to things that are outside of your realm of necessity and things like that, but you cannot live a life as a believer with the mantra that if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. That's not going to get you anywhere spiritually. The whole essence of Jesus Christ, even going to the cross on your behalf, was that he did something that he did not want to do, but it was bigger than him. And it's something that he needed to do. And because he did it, we're sitting our butts here today. Okay, so be careful. Again, I'm not against any of that, but please be careful because I don't want believers to go astray. Because if you get in your mind that you're not going to do anything that you don't want to do, then you're going to be selfish you're, 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 you're going to miss stuff. I, I would have missed so much in my life, and maybe even I did miss some things in my life because I said, I don't want to do it, so I'm not doing it. Okay? So don't allow for mental health to cause you to revert to childlike behavior. Okay? All right. Okay. And so motives are not weighed by even good things. Motives are weighed by what? God things. Motives are weighed by the Lord. Has anybody ever thought you thought you had a pure motive yeah you know what I'm saying and then HS helped you to realize that while not malicious it still wasn't pure yeah it wasn't malicious but it still wasn't pure you can have a mild mannered motive and still be misaligned with the will of God Say that again. Listen, every, every impure motive doesn't come with an attitude. Yeah, every impure motive, you know, do, doesn't come with disrespect. Every impure motive doesn't come loudly. Yeah. You can have a mild-mannered motive and still be misaligned with the will of God. Somebody needed to write that down. This is why motives are weighed by the Lord. Every other scale is faulty. Every other scale is flawed. Every other scale is superfluous. You know, it's unnecessary. John 6, 24, let's look there real quick. John 6, 24 through 26. Is this helping anybody? Amen. That's John 6, 24 through 26. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. All right, so in the NLT it says this. It says, so when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum 
to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now watch Jesus. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. All right, so listen, the, the fish and the loaves of bread, people bore witness to that and then start looking for Jesus. You want to be with me. Ooh, this is so good. I can just imagine Jesus asking us this morning, why do you want to be with me? Ooh, Jesus. Why do you want to be with me? He told them, he said, you want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs and all that getting. Some of us, we, we good with the getting. You know, feed me, do this, do that, bless me. Get, you know, but in all that getting, he says, ah, get an understanding. I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. This is an example of a motive check. Somebody say motive check. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write down motive check why do I want to be with Jesus? Why do I want to be with Jesus? And that's something to take into prayer this week. Shout out to those of you who told me that you took stuff from last week to prayer. That's something to ask God and to honestly answer. Now watch this. Answer honestly because you're not getting penalized for answering honestly. He's not going to be mad. He already knows and he still deals with you. He's not, he's not going to be mad. What he's going to do is be relieved because now you open the door for him to help you so that your motive will now be pure. If your motive is impure toward Jesus, how in the world do you think that your motive will be pure toward anybody else? I've come to the place where I've stopped, you know, I've improved in regards to getting offended. Because I realize that half of y'all don't respect God. So how can I expect you to respect me? It doesn't sound too great, but it's real. It's real. I had to take a look. at uh, uh. <laughs> Joseph, it's not even about you. Do, you. do you see the way they put God on the back burner? Yeah, it's all right. Let's pray for that. Because until they get that right, every blessing and everything and every good person and every, those things will not be respected either. Yeah? Matthew 6. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 1 through 6. We'll start there. And then we'll go to Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Everybody still with me? Amen. Matthew 6, 1 through 6. And we'll stay in the NLT for this. It says this. It says, watch out. That's an exclamation point. And it's in red, which means that Jesus is talking. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. You will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Amen? That is a good reminder um, <laughs> I feel like uh, when it comes to myself personally, when it comes to Bishop or even this church, most people don't know the half, you know, uh, of the ways that we 
bless people and pour our hearts to people. And that's how, I believe that's how it should be. Well, the scripture is saying that that's how it should be. We don't have to, you know, sound the trumpet and, you know, make everything known. And we have to be careful about that because what the scripture is saying is that's your reward. You, you wanted people to know, now they know. <laughs> and that's it. But I don't want for the knowledge of men to be my reward. I want for uh, whatever it is that God has for me attached to that to be my reward. So make sure that even our motives are pure when it comes to blessing people. Just because you bless people, especially if it's not coming from a place of sacrifice and you just have it to bless, that does not mean even in that you have a pure motive. All right? So we're basically making distinctions here. Because a lot of times we'll couple up, well, if they, if they you know, bless them, then they're, no, not particularly. Motives are different um, than actions. And I'm going to touch on a, a nugget regarding that a little later. How many of you know that you can do something, but still your motive is different? Two people can do the same thing and garner a different result from heaven because of their two different motives. Amen? Now, let's go down to 16. And let's look at 16 through 18. And this is talking about fasting. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled. (laughs) So people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward. Oof, listen, fasting is too serious for my only reward to be you knowing. I'd have turned my plate down for all week long just for you to be like, oh, that's what's up. No, sir. No, sir. No, no. No, indeed. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, no, no. Woo. It says this, but when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. We can take a page out of last week's book, wash your tail. 18 says, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, if we're on a corporate fast, okay. If you got an accountability partners, okay. And it's all about your heart, okay? Once again, it goes back to the heart. It goes back to um, your motive, all right? Just know that your motive should not be trying to get the applause of men or trying to make somebody think of you in a certain way, okay? All right, y'all with me? Write this down. The fiend to be seen, that's what I call that. The fiend to be seen, Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and 16 through 18 connect to the fiend to be seen. And we have to be very, very careful, especially for those of us who are aware of our temperament and things like that. Uh, Some temperaments and some personalities, they love to put on a show. You know, we love to be seen. And so you have to be careful to make sure um, that that doesn't get in the way where your love for the spotlight is causing Jesus um, to not have the spotlight to shine on him, all right? So make sure that you're very careful that you don't have the fiend to be seen, all right? Everybody with me? Okay. And even, um, you know, just when it comes to, to, to what, you, what you put out there, just make sure, especially now that we have social media, um, make sure that even with that, that your intent is pure, okay? I, I, I don't see how anybody, you know, some people, they seem to have the time where every time they're in prayer or in worship, they got time to take a picture, you know? <laughs> that, you know, in, like their personal prayer time. And, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking anything. I'm just saying that just be careful. You know, what is the motive? Now, I will say, sometimes I am led to post and share stuff because God tells me that people need to see that. People have never seen what that looks like, okay? So in that case, if you're being obedient to God, I get it. But if you're trying to 
put on a show and be seen, oh, man, that's a lot of time you just spent for that. That's a lot of time you just spent for that to be your reward. That's a lot of praying you done done for that. Yeah? Yeah. So we, we, we've got to put weight on what's weighty. And um, so I just was thinking, you know, some people's real life relationship with God was as intact as their social media relationship with God. Woo! <laughs> their fruit would be banging. Yeah? Make sure that's not you. First Thessalonians uh, 2 4. Let's look at that. I told y'all we we in the Bible today, right? First Thessalonians 2 4. Okay. And we can look at this one uh, in the NLT. That's first Thessalonians. How many Thessalonians are there? That's right. And this is, uh-oh, <laughs> this is the first one. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 in the NLT. So let me give you some backdrop. The backdrop here is the Apostle Paul was journeying and was led to this place called Thessalonica. Uh, Thessalonia, or Thessalonica. Um, he was led by the Holy Spirit, and this place is uh, the capital of Macedonia. Y'all heard of Macedonia? Some churches named after that place um, in the Roman Empire. And so it was full of a few things. It was full of flourishing business, but it was also full of false doctrine and pagan, pagan worship. And so Paul is making plain to these people who don't know him and people who are used to false teachers, number one, his ministry, and number two, his motive, all right? All right, so let's see here. It says, uh, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Uh-oh, somebody need to underline that. Got a highlighter or something? <laughs> Our purpose is to do what? Please God, what? Not people. So check this out. Love God, love people. <laughs> Please God, not people. You might want to write that down. <laughs> I'm adding an extension to the love God, love people. Because pleasing people is not loving them. And that's what some of us have confused. And sometimes that has come about by, you know, our rearing and our childhood experiences. But loving people is not the same thing as pleasing people. All right? Yes, indeed. Some of us have ended up in bad relationships because the person was pleasing us and we thought they were loving us. Uh-oh, you drop, you drop your phone. <laughs> Listen, y'all need to come in the live studio audience. They be cut up over here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't confuse it. Love God, love people. This might be a, a, a new period space. Please God, not people. Okay? For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone, uh-oh, he alone examines the what? Of our what? Mm-hmm. In case you needed any more confirmation, he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read that again. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Somebody say motive. This word motive, y'all, is what causes us to action. It's not the action. It's the cause. All right? What causes us to action? It's our reason. It's our motivating force. All right? And so we don't want to get into people pleasing. Guess what else? He's letting them know, I don't even want you to get into Paul pleasing. <laughs> I, listen, I don't want you to get into pastor pleasing. I don't want you to get into 
crowd-pleasing, as Brother Ray would say. Amen? If you got it, you got it. I, I, want, I, I want to be into God-pleasing. Did that bless you? Amen. Somebody say God-pleasing. I want you to write this down. Motives get messy when. Motives get messy when there is dishonesty about why we're doing what we're doing. I'm going to say it again because I'm helping you take the note. Motives get messy when there is dishonesty about why we're doing what we're doing. Get with God about that this week. Okay? All right, and so I'm, I'm wrapping up here. There is a word that I want you to write biggest day in your notes. You can put Underline, you can circle it real big. You can put exclamation points. That word is surrender. 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 Somebody say surrender. Now, y'all, this surrender word is a battle term. Okay? It's terminology used for battle. Surrender. Why are we surrendering? Because quiet is kept. Your motives have been battling God's motives for a very long time. Why are we surrendering? Because our motives have been battling God's motives for a very long time. Surrender. Woo, Jesus. Somebody needs to tattoo that on their heart this week. Surrender, it implies giving up all rights to the conqueror. Not some rights, not Sunday rights, not partial rights, but all rights. Surrender, thank you Jesus. I hope this is blessing somebody how it's blessing me. Surrender in battle, it, it, it implies giving up all rights to the conqueror. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means to cease resistance to an enemy, and it means to cease resistance to an opponent and submit to their authority. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Surrendering to him means that we go ahead and we set aside our own plans. And it means that we not only set them aside and stay empty-handed, but we go ahead and we take on his. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good news is that God's plans are always better than your plans. And the good news is that God's plans will always cause you to be better. And the good news is that his plans are to prosper you. Come on, somebody. And his plans are not to harm you. The good news is that his plans are to give you hope. Hallelujah. He wants to exchange hope for your helplessness. Listen, he wants to exchange a wholeness for your brokenness. And he wants to exchange strength for your weakness. I know you think you got a plan. But what if I told you, Witty Sunday, that God's plan is greater than your plan? What if I told you that his plan is for you to prosper and be in good health? What if I told you that his plan is for you to be on track? He makes the rough edges smooth and he makes the crooked edges straight. Listen, I need you to know that God's plan, somebody say God's plan. Yes, indeed, Brother Drizzy. It's greater than your plan. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God some praise for God's plan. He wants to make an exchange with you. And he wants you to put down what you thought for what he knows. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Proverbs 14, 12, and I'm ending. Proverbs 14, 12, and I'm closing out. It says this. Hallelujah. It says, hmm, there is a way 
I got some Bible readers. There is a way. Hmm? There is a way. That if you ask me, this way seems right as right could be. But the Bible says that the end thereof are the ways of death. Check out, check out that wording there. There is a way that seems right. But at the end of that thing are ways, plural, of death. What does this mean? Guess what? When you make a decision, there are only two ways. There's a way that is right, and there's a way that seems right. But depending on which path you take and which way you go, there are a multiplicity of ways of either life or death. Yeah? There's a way that seemeth right unto man. Your way, as good as it sounds, as long as you've had it in plan and in place, your way, it just seems right. His way is right. Job 22, 21, and I'm, I'm done after that. Job twenty-two twenty-one. 21. It says this. <laughs> because remember, the word surrender is a battle term that implies giving up all rights to the conqueror, cease resistance to an enemy or opponent, and what else? Submit to their authority. And so Job 22:21 is another scripture that we can tattoo on our hearts this week, and it says this. It says, submit to God, and you will have peace. <laughs> Anybody in need of peace? Has anybody been looking for some peace? Listen, submit to God. It didn't say, and you might have peace, and you increase your chances of having peace. It says, submit to God, and you will have peace. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You don't want obedient hands and a hard heart. I'm just going down a list of some stuff that I didn't get, to get, didn't get to hit. You don't want obedient hands and a hard heart. That's something you can take to your prayer time. We might talk about it next week. And so I'm ending with this motive checkpoint that I found online that I thought was really, really good. And these are some questions that you can ask yourself about your motives. Number one, if no one ever knows what I'm doing, giving, serving, sacrificing, would I still do it? Number two says, if there was no visible payoff for doing this, <laughs> would I still do it? Another one asks, am I doing this for how it makes me feel? Another one asks, if I have to suffer for continuing to do what God asked me to do, will I continue? If my actions are misunderstood or criticized, will I stop? If those whom I'm serving don't show me gratitude, will I still serve? This week, I want you to get with God and create your own motive checkpoints. Some things that you need to ask yourself on the regular and get in the habit of asking yourself on the regular regarding your motive. But this week, I, I really ask of you to allow that word surrender to ring in your ear. Allow that word to be something that you dig deeper in this week on your own time with God. But there is a surrender and a submission that he's desiring of you so that your motive will no longer bump heads with his motive. Amen? Amen. Anybody all right with this motive check?
If you were blessed, I want you to go ahead and give God some praise. Hallelujah. I said, if you were blessed, I want you to go ahead and give God some praise. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, I know that was a lot to chew on. So even if you watched it live or were in the room, you should go back and watch or listen to it again. All right. We don't want to miss anything that God had for us in this message. Bless God. That's it. Uh-huh. Listen, we never, ever want to take for granted that everybody is saved. And so at this time, um, if you are in the room or you're watching online and you receive this word, you know it to be true. But there's something that you have to do first in order to live this thing out and to walk it out. And that is to accept Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. And if that's something that you haven't done, today's a good day to do it. If there's something or if this is something that you're unsure about, then let's get sure today because time is winding. And so the scripture tells us that the way that we do it is to literally confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised his son Jesus that we talk and sing and preach about from the dead, and that he got up on the third day with all power. And so what we do at the end of every service, every experience, we give you the opportunity to pray this prayer of salvation and to mean it and to be a part of the family of God. And so we're going to pray it today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of your salvation. Come into my heart. Cleanse my life. Change my life. Save me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. I believe that he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. I believe that he is now seated at your right hand interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Clap it up in case that's anybody who became a part of the family of God today. I do have a second appeal, and that's to let you know that God also desires for you to have a, a body um, of believers that you can connect with tangibly. And so if you are in the room and you would like to become a part of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family, then you can wave your hand so we can welcome you in. If you're watching online and you'd like to become a part of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family, then type, I'm part of the family. And if you became saved today, type, I am saved, all right? All right, let's give it up for anybody who may have become a part of the Wapsie family today. Amen. God bless you.